a Podcast One production. Your Morning Agenda with Natasha Belling. Good morning. Thanks for your company. Let's check what's making headlines this Friday, the 12th of February. Victoria is on edge again this morning, with speculation growing Melbourne could be heading for another lockdown as the hotel in cluster continues to grow. Two more people have tested positive to COVID overnight and are both close household contacts of previous cases, taking the total linked to the quarantine hotel to 13. And there are reports government advisers have been told to draw up framework for further stay-at-home orders as authorities struggle to stop the spread of the latest outbreak. Queensland has stepped up its restrictions with Victoria after South Australia shut its border yesterday. And the Holiday Inn cluster has again raised serious concerns over the quality of air ventilation at hotel quarantine sites. Aerosol transmission from a nebulizer is being blamed for the recent outbreak. The University of Melbourne's Professor Jason Monty has told the ABC they've conducted tests on some hotel ventilation and the results are shocking. We've seen things like air moving through ceiling panels, through light fixtures, moving from one room to another through any gap it can find. Uh, we've seen a lot more air going through the hallway than we would have expected. Basically, the air will take the path of least resistance, and the path of least resistance is not always that obvious. The final stages of manufacturing of the AstraZeneca vaccine are set to get underway next week as the company awaits approval for use in Australia by the Therapeutic Goods Administration. It comes as reports emerge the AstraZeneca manufacturer CSL says it has the capability to edit the vaccine to cover different strains of COVID. It's not known how quickly the updated versions would get the tick of approval from regulators. Also making news this morning, more heads have rolled as the fallout continues from a bombshell report into Crown Resorts. Chief Executive Ken Barton has reportedly agreed to step down in the coming days, while high-profile director and former AFL boss Andrew Dimitriou quit overnight. Controversial conspiracy theorist and former TV host Pete Evans is set to enter politics. It was announced this morning in a statement from the Great Australian Party that he will run as a New South Wales Senate candidate in the next federal election. And after a two-year battle, Meghan Markle has won her High Court privacy claim against a UK tabloid. The Duchess of Sussex sued Associated Newspapers, the publishers of the Mail on Sunday and Mail Online, after they printed parts of a letter she wrote to her estranged dad, Thomas. Meghan has released a statement thanking her husband, Harry, and her mum for their support, saying she is grateful to the courts for holding the newspapers to account for their illegal and dehumanising practices. And there have been dramatic scenes at the Oz Open overnight, with Rafael Nadal heckled by a spectator in the crowd during his second round match. The woman yelling abuse as the Spaniard was trying to serve before sending him a rude hand gesture. I mean, this is chaos. Well, it's so unnecessary. Yeah. It's, just, it's just one individual that's just made a complete goose of themselves. They're going to need enough security to carry her out. Yeah. Ralph is putting on a little uh, soccer exhibition down at the other end, though. Yeah, this is uh, (laughs) 
Well, it's necessary evil to, to, to get her out of here, I'm afraid, because... Rafa's just saying, let's go ahead and play. Oh, for it. There we go. The woman was eventually removed by security while Nadal was asked about the incident after the match on Channel 9. You didn't know her, did you, this lady? <laughs> no, and honestly, I don't want to know. <laughs> And would you believe that was not the only drama on court overnight at the Oz Open, with security forced to step in to separate two Italian tennis stars after a heated verbal exchange following their clash. And we'll have more details on the Oz Open results coming up shortly in Sport with Tony Squires. Now for a look at what else is making news around the country this Friday morning. Firstly to South Australia and authorities have ordered a major inquiry into border checkpoint operations after a truck driver died in a fiery crash near the Victorian border. Our reporter Sean Maynard has more. A bottleneck disaster waiting to happen is how witnesses have described a collision between three trucks just near the border between South Australia and Victoria. It happened just before 2.30 yesterday morning on the Western Highway when a truck ploughed into the back of a station truck pushing that track into another in front of it, erupting in flames. One of the drivers died at the scene and two others were last night in a stable condition in hospital. They'd been among hundreds of vehicles and trucks queuing to enter SA hours after the state had announced a snap border closure. Now, the state's top cop has ordered a major inquiry into border checkpoint operations. Grant Stevens wouldn't be drawn on whether enough police were sent to checkpoints on Wednesday night. A further two police officers were deployed to assist in processing people, but uh, I think it's fairly evident that there was still a queue of people waiting to come into South Australia. Yeah, SA and Victorian Transport Associations haven't held back describing the closure as a knee-jerk reaction. To New South Wales now, and a man who led police on a wild pursuit on a busy freeway on the state's central coast is set to face court today while an injured officer is undergoing surgery. Our reporter, Maddie Larson, has the details. Yeah, that's right, Tash. Officers tried to pull over a black Mercedes on the Pacific Highway at Lake Macquarie yesterday. The chase leading onto the busy M1, it eventually ended when the driver crashed into two police cars at the Carryong exit, injuring a senior constable. He was treated at the scene before going to hospital, where he's now undergoing surgery for a fractured wrist, while a search of the car uncovered a knife and a small amount of meth. The 26-year-old has since been charged with a list of offences, including driving while disqualified and resist arrest. He was refused bail and is off to court today. To Victoria now, and Melbourne's Anzac Day march has been cancelled for a second year in a row, with the dawn service to be live-streamed instead. It comes as commemorations will go ahead in Sydney, but are set to look a little different yet again. Our reporter, Siobhan Caulfield, is in Sydney. Tash, we all remember getting out onto our driveways to pay our respects last year, but this year, Sydney will be getting an Anzac Day march. It will still be subjected to tight restrictions, the parade through Sydney CBD, to be an invite-only event. It usually draws a crowd of up to 15,000, but this year just 500 veterans will march, everyone else urged to reflect from home or head to a local service. The event has had to be scaled down to ensure veterans aren't put at risk amid the pandemic, although Melbourne's Anzac Day Parade has been scrapped altogether for the second year in a row. 
now for the latest in business and finance news. This morning, we are joined by Effie Zahos, Editor-at-Large at Canster. Effie, good morning. Now, the super debate continues with chat about moving to, of course, that 12% number. And it's quite surprising with this latest data how many Australians are okay with the increase. Yeah, good morning, Tash. It's uh, uh, some data that came out in yesterday's financial review, quite timely because we're in the middle of a a three-day ASFA superannuation conference that ends today. And the report showed that two-thirds of Aussies support a 12% super bump. But on the other side, nearly half said that, that they would choose to take the additional funds in their pay if they could. Now, we won't know the wash up on this until the budget. Um, and as I said, this is kind of uh, good timing in the sense of this conference that, that's on. And, and it was opened up by the former Prime Minister, Paul Keating, who really was the architect of Compulsory Super. And he basically hit out at the RBA and said, hey, there's going to be no wage increases this year, whether there is a rising super guarantee levy or not. So, you know, watch this space. What I do find interesting is some of the submissions coming through to Treasury to consider for the budget. ASFA has this one. They're saying that employers should pay super at the same time they pay wages. I think this is pretty good. At the moment, they've got to pay it quarterly. And by paying super each time you get paid, it makes it a lot easier for employees to monitor that their bosses are actually paying it and reduces the risk of any unpaid super. So that's a tick, I reckon. But the other one that they're proposing may not be as popular. They're saying self-employed people should be forced to make SG payments on their own behalf. And they're actually proposing a mechanism similar to like a Medicare surcharge, where a surcharge amount is payable unless a minimum amount of taxable income is contributed to a specific super fund. So look, these are proposals. We won't know till the budget, but it's all interesting. There's already so much paperwork if you've got a business. Anyway, we'll see what happens. This is an interesting story, Effie, in the lead up to Valentine's Day. Some details about secret bank accounts. Yeah, look, with Valentine's falling on Sunday, I thought it would be perfect today to explore how our finances affect our romantic relationships. Now, according to Canstar's 2021 Love and Money Report, 42% of Aussies are open to using coupons, discount codes and vouchers on their first date this weekend, probably for Valentine's. So <laughs> there you go, lucky couple who pulls out the coupon. Some, some other interesting stats I found were 15% have taken money out of their partner's wallet, 18% of Gen Z have a secret credit card that their partner doesn't know, 39% of Aussies know their ex-partner's banking password still and PIN numbers. Yeah, and as many as 15 in a relationship are in the dark about how much money their partner earns. Now, this is probably the most interesting part when it comes to the qualities that we look at, what attracts us to somebody else. Much to my surprise, money management skills was last on the list of the top 10 attributes. What's on the top? I knew you were going to ask that. Coming in at number one was a sense of humour. Yeah, I get that. In, In second spot, affection, and then personal hygiene at number three. Now, Tash, I don't know about you, but I'd like to ask this same group the same question in 20 years' time, and I reckon it'll be reversed. Money management will be at number one. Uh, top two, take the garbage out and clean the dishwasher. <laughs> <laughs> Love it. Happy Friday. Have a lovely weekend, Effie. Thank you. Time for-
the sport now with Tony Squires. And Tony, first the Oz Open. Let's talk about the results firstly and some great results for the Aussie at their home slam event. Absolutely, Tash. Alex Dimonor's win over Pablo Cuevas last night. That bolstered the local numbers moving through the Aussie Open. Tonight, it's the return of the entertainer, Nick Kyrgios. Uh, that win over Hugo Umber was a compelling piece of unscripted theatre. Or maybe he did write some of his lines, I'm not sure. But <laughs> you just can't take your eyes off him. And tonight, he'll be on centre court taking on number three seed, Dominic Team. Thanasi Kokonakis went so close to the upset of the tournament, going down to Stefanos Tsitsipas in five sets. But there's so much love for Thanasi, given how little tennis he's been able to play through injury and illness. He is an absolute gem. Two questions. Will we ever see Lions people again now that they've been replaced by technology? <laughs> and is it just me who thinks Aussie, 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 oi, 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 is still really lame? The other thing is you can't <laughs> cheat with technology with the line calls, can you? You can't. <laughs> and you're right, Nick is so great to watch on court and another person great to watch also in action is Ash Barty and her path has opened up beautifully. Yeah, she's already playing great tennis, although she did have her ups and downs in beating fellow Aussie Daria Gavrilova. But now defending champ Sophia Kennan joins that list of top seeds out of the tournament and out of Barty's path beaten by Estonian Kaya Kanepi. Kennan beat Barty, remember, in the semis last year. Ash says the huge strapping around her thigh is nothing to worry about and I believe it because she's Ash. Taking nothing away from the winners, though, the hard quarantine African has knocked a few of the internationals around. But we'll take it. Aussie, 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 et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. Indeed. And gosh, entertaining couple of days. What about all the wow. action overnight? Don't mind a bit of passion. Those Italians were very entertaining. And my goodness, interesting hand signals from the crowds. <laughs> Absolutely. A bit of flipping the bird going on and a woman escorted from the, <laughs> the building, which was the only appropriate action. The Italians were phenomenal. The, the, the game went for about five hours and the argument went for six. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I love their passion. It was so passionate. And, and of course... Uh, Alex meets uh, Fabio, who was who won that game in the next round. Well, it's always entertaining, isn't it, Tony? <laughs> always. You have a great weekend. Thank you. Will do. Bye. Checking the weather details now around the country this Friday morning as we head into the beautiful weekend. Brisbane, partly cloudy and 30 degrees. 30 degrees also expected today for Sydney with a possible late shower. Showers should clear from Melbourne today, top of 24. Few showers on the way and 26 for Canberra. Possible early storm and the showers should ease though for Hobart, 23 the expected high. 23 and partly cloudy for Adelaide, 29 and sunny for Perth and a possible shower or storm for Darwin with a top of 32. And some may say this woman may have some friends in high places. A French nun has survived COVID-19 just days before celebrating her 117th birthday. Sister André, who is Europe's oldest person and the second oldest in the world, was born on the 11th of February in 1904 and she has survived the 1918 flu pandemic and both world wars. She told local media she didn't even realise she had coronavirus because she didn't develop any symptoms and was more concerned about others getting sick in the nursing home. The much-loved nun, who has dedicated her life to the poor and sick, has been described by friends as someone with a big heart and great courage. Happy birthday and bless.
And that's all you need to know to start your day with your morning agenda in your podcast feed from 6.30am every weekday morning. Please rate and review and you can also follow us on your socials at Your Morning Agenda on Instagram. I'm Natasha Belling. Thanks so much for your company. Have a great day and a lovely weekend. And we look forward to seeing you on Monday.